BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today our topic is Positive Customer Service Habits, and joining us today is Catherine Barris. Catherine is a BDR head coach and trainer specializing in service profitability, sales structure, and customer service. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Wahoo. Thanks for having me. We are so glad that you're here. Um, Catherine, for our listeners, could you just give us a little bit of background about what you do at BDR and uh, your history in the HVAC industry? Sure. Well, My main thing that I work on is I work very closely with service departments. Um, I do a lot of uh, training with service managers, service technicians, dispatchers, and just helping kind of um, just organize things a little bit better in the department to make sure that we're driving profit and growth. And um, I also have some head coach clients that I'm just helping you know, get past that first wall that they're hitting or the second wall that they've hit in their businesses and just how to take that next step to grow and to um, just start that hiring process and know when to hire and when to bring additional people on. And it's, it's actually a really interesting adventure to go along with these clients and just watch them how they've started at a certain point and how much they can grow so quickly. It's been an amazing adventure. And then, of course, I also go out and do some of the training classes that I absolutely love to do. I'm excited about everything that's happening in the industry right now and how things are moving. So looking forward to taking on the next adventure. Awesome. Well, um, and I know you're a a trainer for our BDR's Customer Experience University class, which I think is going to be something that we'll get into a little bit here as we talk about uh, our topic of positive customer service habits. Um, But before we get into that, I just just wanted to delve a little bit deeper in your background. Uh, You're you're based out in Louisiana, and um, can you just tell me, uh, uh, you used to work in in a dealership, and what your roles were there and maybe how they related to customer service? Sure. Yes, I am in hot, sticky Louisiana. It's been a pretty scorching summer. And I tell you, now that uh, this the weather doesn't drive my paycheck anymore, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about moving. <laughs> it's been interesting. Um, but yeah, so I started with a really small company um, back in the day when I first walked into this little small company. Um, we had three trucks, I think, and uh, it's a very minimal um, size company, very minimal employees and that type of thing. And over the years, we started growing, and it was just amazing how fast we turned it around. And we got to the point where we probably had about, I guess, about 25 trucks on the road towards the end of my tenure there. Um, I started off as a dispatcher and I handled the marketing, did a lot of in-house marketing for this company, you know, and I just took on more and more into my role. I really wasn't just per se a dispatcher at the time because of the size of the company, you know, people wear a lot of different hats in their role. So I did wear a lot of hats and it was, um, it was a fun adventure. And as we started growing and um, taking on more service technicians and, 
we ended up departmentalizing, and from there, I stepped into the service manager role, which was an awesome job, I'll tell you. It, this weather definitely drives this industry in the summertime, and we were always hopping during the summertime. But we also have our downs uh, during the, the winter because we don't have very heavy winters. So part of my passion was delivering that customer service and making sure that I'm reaching out to these clients and selling our maintenance agreements and all of the marketing. I did more in-house marketing Every day I was trying to do something different to get something else out there um, to, to touch clients and to touch new people and everything that I could think of. And from there, before I ended up um, retiring from the company, I stepped into the general manager role, which at the time I was still overseeing the service department and overseeing the sales department. So I did work a good bit with our sales um, reps for a little while and my service techs always dispatchers did a lot of training with dispatchers over the years it was just a great it was a great adventure I was in the industry on that side of the desk for 21 years and when I decided to do something different I figured the training side was just the next natural step to take so here I am well and we're uh, so glad to have you as part of the BER team Catherine um, and what I heard there is interesting Customer service really um, is woven into what you, your background there um, in the industry. And so I wanted to start our discussion on positive customer service habits by just asking you real generally, why is customer service important? Hmm, it's a good question. <laughs> well, you know, when I approach customer service, I want to leave my customer feeling the way that I wanted to feel or I want to feel every time I go have a service center, no matter what I'm doing or what I'm purchasing. I always want to feel like I'm valued there as a customer. And, you know, once you start achieving that relationship with that customer, they become more intent to stay with you. You develop a relationship with them. You make them feel good about what they're purchasing and what they're investing in. And it gives us a really big advantage over our competitors. A lot of my new clients that came on board to the company that I worked with, a lot of them just complained about the customer service level that they received from the other air conditioning companies that they had used and they were always looking for somebody new. So I loved it when I got that call because I knew we were gonna take care of that side of it. Um, we just drove, just drove customer service throughout the entire company. And the way I look at it, you could have the best technical team out there, but what good does it do if our customer service falls flat? And I just, I just want the, I want to stand out in the customer's mind. And if you make them feel good, you're going to stand out in a good way. If you make them feel bad or not valued, then they're going to, it's going to stand out in a different way and they're going to, you're going to lose their business. So that was always why I felt customer service was important. Uh, absolutely. And there's a couple interesting things I, I heard from you there. Um, seems like there's an emotional component of customer service that if you, if you can deliver that in a positive way, now the customer has a, not just an attachment to the quality of your work, but an emotional attachment to you, you know, and your company. 
and by making them feel valued and standing out positively. So I really like that aspect that you brought to it because it's not just something that um, uh, we deliver as a company. It, I mean, it is, but it can really bond the customer uh, to the company if done well and destroy it that bond if done poorly, no matter whether your your equipment is great or, or the work that you do is excellent. If the customer service fails, that can be the end of the relationship. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so let me ask you, you um, mentioned that you really tried to drive a customer service, uh, let's call it a culture at your company. How did you go about doing that? I have to honestly say that driving that culture is one of the most difficult things to do, especially when you're bringing on new people and they just don't know what to expect. But when you come into a company as you start growing and growing, it it was difficult because at first it was you just expect everyone else to feel the same way that you do about taking care of that client and wanting the best thing for the client. And I'm a very emotional, empathetic person, but not everybody is like that. So I found out really quick in the management role that I needed to take some steps to help my team understand how important it was to just build that culture of great customer service. And the main thing that we had to do is just provide training. You know, we had meetings every week with the entire company. We talked about a lot of things. Communication was part of the key uh, concepts there when it comes to great customer service. Everybody has to be on the same page. We drove it through our mission, vision, and value statements. Every meeting, we read each one. I would ask for volunteers, Let's, who's going to read my mission statement today? Who's going to read my value statement? We'd get through them all. And then I would take our compliments and we would, our reviews and our, our you know, back in the day, we had the little review cards and we started getting them in through um, Google reviews and different things. So I would always read them. I'd take top five, read them, and I'd ask different questions about how it tied into what we were trying to deliver through our mission, vision, and value statements. And um, that helped us drive it a lot because it wasn't about me and it wasn't about the company. It wasn't about the owner. It was about, it was, I'm sorry, I said not about the company. It wasn't about me or the owner. It was about the company. And if it didn't fit into our mission, vision, and value statements, we talked about change and what has to happen in order to not do that again. Or if it did fit into our mission, vision, and value statement, and we delivered that high-level customer service, then we celebrated it. We created procedures. We, you know, we'd go behind and check those jobs to make sure that they were performed properly and that everything that we promised was delivered. Um, and then we celebrated it. Wow, that that is uh, awesome. A lot to unpack there. Um, so weekly meetings. And I love the part about tying it to the mission, vision, values of the company. I, th I think that was really brilliant. And it kind of takes out sort of the uh, the have to do aspect of it, of, hey, I'm a part of this company. This is what we're trying to do with our mission, vision, and values. And how does customer service tie into that? Um, and, that and that's why we're doing this. You know, it's not because my manager is telling me I got to be nice to somebody um, when I go out on a job or something like that. It There's a higher purpose to it. 
Um, so I, I love that. And then um, it sounded like, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was a trust but verify aspect of this too. So you talked about it, you trained on it, but then you also kind of did some checking to make sure it was being done in practice. Is that right? Correct. Yes, very much so. Cool. I, I think that's um, maybe an overlooked aspect of this. I think it's easy on the front end for um, managers or owners to to say, yeah, we got to treat the customer well and, and, and here's how we do it. But do we ever check and find out what's actually going on? Exactly. And just verify that we're following procedure. And I don't want the customer to call me because we failed on something. I want to get there and figure out if we failed to do something or didn't make good on all of our promises before the customer realizes it. So if I get there and I'm looking at the job or my managers are looking at the job and they're like, oh my gosh, we promised we were going to change this return your grill. Let me get that taken care of for you, for you right now. And you go get the grill, you come back and get it fixed. That's a much, that's a save versus when the customer calls two days later and she's just angry because y'all promised y'all were going to change that grill and y'all cheated me. It's a completely different delivery. And if I can take care of that and catch that mistake, it also builds um, trust with the homeowner that we are going to check and, oh my gosh, we did miss it, but you know what, we're going to take care of it. And that way I don't create that tension that just destroys customer service because everybody's always on the lookout for what didn't happen or what went wrong. And you could do the best job there you could possibly have done, but if you miss one little grill or one little thing, it could change the whole tone of the review and the referrals and all those types of things that we're, we're searching for. Right on. Now, uh, so you mentioned reviews and referrals. Can you tell me how um, that was impacted by the customer service your company delivered? Did that help you get referrals? Or did it help you get more positive reviews? Absolutely. So when it comes to referrals, um, that's our best leads. You know, I don't want to run yellow page, yellow page ads. I want to run a lead that I'm either getting referred to through my service department or from a satisfied, happy client. Those were our favorite ones to go do because what happens is when we get a lead generated from a happy um, client, they already know about us because that other person has already told them about us. They've told them about our high quality customer service. They've told them about our high quality jobs that we're performing. So they've pretty much sold the culture of our company to that person before we even get there. So we're already have an advantage over our competitors just by knowing that it is a referral from a happy client. So you're going to get a higher quality lead. You're usually going to come with a higher closing ratio on those types of leads. Um, you're going to have an, a higher or an average above average sale on those types of leads because they're going to want exactly what their their neighbor got or their family got, but they're going to do something one better just so they can say they they went and got something different, right? Um, so they're always there's always a level of competition, especially between friends. I remember one time I had uh, we did a an install. It was actually a friend of mine um, in his neighborhood, and it was interesting because they're very close close knit neighborhood. And during the install process, all of his buddies are coming out and they're like, man, what you doing? What's going on? And it happened to be on a Saturday morning. So 
everybody was home, everybody's seeing their truck. So they're having a party out in the front yard on the patio and they're watching our guys do the install. We ended up selling five jobs in that neighborhood because we were there present and they had a close knit neighborhood. Everybody was coming over, seeing what was going on. He was talking to them about them. And within about six to eight months, we had five leads that came in from that one job. And we probably, I think we sold all of them. But they were like, I want what he's got, but I want to give something a little bit better. And each one of them went up to each other. It was hilarious because they're best friends and they just wanted to compete and get something better. So it was pretty interesting how that turned out. And then it always leads to your next referral as well. I mean, isn't that what the, the end result is? We want that next referral. So when that customer starts giving referrals, that's when they become our clients. And we know that they really trust us because they're putting their trust in, in, in our abilities in, the, in his hands to refer. Nobody wants to refer a company that's going to do them wrong. So it's a high level of trust when you get that. Right. But it also sets up a little bit of a challenge uh, in consistency because now these people that have been referred, they're, they're already sold on your company. They're already sold because you've delivered great customer service to their friend or their family member. But now you got to go out and do it all over again and maybe five times if you have that <laughs> that kind of a credible result of, of lead generation. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how to get that consistency every time in, in the customer service that's delivered? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. It is a challenge and it's something that you have to work on daily. It, you cannot let things slip because as soon as you do, that's when you end up losing some of that uh, confidence and we start forgetting things. So the main thing is just creating procedures, you know, have an installation procedure handbook. Yes, it takes time to invest in some of these. And that might be some of the reasons why companies don't sit down and do these type of procedures, but they pay off in the long run. And it just creates that consistent product and that delivery of service. So you, you got to train them, you got to role play, Role-playing is uncomfortable. Not everybody likes to do it, but it was something that became part of our culture and never really called it role-playing. It was more of a practice session. Or if I had something that went really well, I would say, hey, let's tell me how, how you told that to the customer. What did you tell the customer to get that review? Walk me through it. And I just would get them to kind of just go through everything that happened and we would follow along with our procedures. We had steps for everything, steps for install, step for our sales process. You just have to develop the processes. And once you develop those, then you create that consistency. And the key part of all of this is communication. If somebody doesn't communicate properly, we end up losing something in, in, at the, in the end. Um, communication is a two-way street. You're either delivering communication or you're receiving a communication. And either way, we don't want to leave anything up for grads. If you're receiving a communication and you have some doubts about exactly, don't make the assumptions, right? We always communicate it. We always get the information through. We had job packets that we made sure that we had everything in it. The Home Solution Advisor would take notes if he made promises to something. He had a list of additional items that he promised. So that way we didn't let those slip through the cracks. Is everything completely 100% foolproof? No. You will have some 
some mishaps, but that's okay. Again, if we're doing all of things correctly and we go back and we check that job after it's complete, then we're catching it before the customer gets angry. Just keep in mind though, you, you have a process, you have procedures, the more you do them, the more you stick to them, the better they become. And of course they grow, they're gonna change. Every job might present a new problem or a different thing that comes up that we have to make some type of adjustment on the process. Yeah, and you know what that makes me think of? You know, the, the processes, you talked about role-playing, and, and you're right, I think uh, role-playing gets a little bit of a bad name, you know, or, or people don't like to do it, but if you think about it, that's that's what a football team is doing, a, a pro football team, all these practices, you know, now they're in training camp now, um, What effectively what they're doing is role-playing the season. They're They're practicing their procedures, which are their plays, and they're role playing how they're going to react to different things. You know, oh, it's uh, it's third and goal uh, at the five yard line. Well, let's role play that situation so that when we get into a real game, we know what we're going to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think it's it's uh, role playing shouldn't get a bad name in, in our industry because all it is is just practicing what you're going to do. So when you're out on the field in the real world. You, you have an idea of where you're going to go and, and the proper way to do something. And you're not just kind of out there scrambling and, and, and grasping at straws, which can lead to that lack of consistency um, that is so important. want exactly. to dive into consistency a little bit here, too, because one of my personal pet peeves related to customer service and uh, yeah, my personal pet peeves are coming out, Catherine. Um, is when I call up a company and I talk to that first person on the phone, if, if you're lucky enough to get to a human being right away, if you have to go through the phone tree, that's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> but we, you talk to that person on the phone, you tell them what you need, what you're looking for, and then they say, okay, well, I need to transfer you to so-and-so. And they do that, and so-and-so picks up the phone, and they're like, Hello, who are you? Why are you calling? There's been no, you mentioned communication. There's been no communication from those two people. I have to tell my whole story again. Um, and I, I loved what you said about capturing those commitments. So the salesperson might make a commitment during the sales process. But what happens if that doesn't get communicated to the installer and then it doesn't get delivered um, during the install, like we promised, that's a huge part of customer service that I think is maybe a little different from what people normally think of, of just, you know, being polite and saying thank you and uh, those sorts of things. So can you talk about how to, from one position to another, I know you talk about the, the gaps in communication and how we deal with that. Can you go into that? Sure. So the way that uh, I always try to approach it with my team is we're there to support each other and we want to make each other's jobs easier. And I have to agree with you, Matt, on that. Uh, when, especially by the time you're bounced around to the third or fourth person, I'm like, okay, I am tired of telling my story over and over again, right? So I totally understand that. And I did drive 
that communication based on how I feel when it happens to me. So we would talk about, hey, don't just put somebody on hold and say, hey, sales line one, that doesn't work. Hey, we got Mrs. Jones on the on the phone on line one. She's interested in getting a system. She was referred to us by a service technician or she was referred to us by. So we try to that customer is going to be spewing information faster than you can grasp it sometimes, especially when they're in panic mode. So listen to what they're saying. That's one of the key components to great customer service is just listening to what that person is telling you on the other end. That is your first opportunity to build a high level of customer service if that person doesn't have to repeat themselves by the time they get to the second person. Hey, Mrs. Jones is at 444 St. John Street. She's looking for an estimate. This is one of uh, a referral for Eric. So she's looking for Eric. So I always made sure that my uh, my installers, or my installers, my sorry, my home solution advisor, if it was one of their referrals, I wanted them scheduled to go back on their own referrals. Um, so I communicated those pieces to them. I'm looking up information. If they're already in my system, I'm pulling them up. Mrs. Jones, let me go ahead and let my coordinator know what's going on. I'm gonna put you on hold for a brief moment. Is that okay? Put her on hold. You beat the other line. Hey. We got this lady on the phone, da, 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 da. Here's her name. Here's her address. She's already in the system. Pull her up, you know, make sure that they find her. This is what she said. This is what she asked me for. Now, when my coordinator answers the phone, hey, Mrs. Jones, I hear you're looking for a new system. Congratulations. Let's see what we can do to help you with. I have your addresses, da, 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 da. And we reconfirm the reason she's calling, the address that we have, and it just sets the tone for a trust level right there. And we want to try to do that as quickly as possible, too, because we don't want to leave one hole for a long period of time. So there's a lot to put together, but I, I can just envision the customer on the phone just breathing a sigh of relief when when that transfer happens like that. And, and they know, OK, I'm, I'm in good hands here. And, and that's before even the salesperson has come out. It's before the installers have been there. This is just talking on the phone to to people who are in the office. So uh, to me, that's such an important aspect of customer service about answering the phone and then having those good transfers like you just went through um, so that information is being communicated. The customer already is getting the sense like, this customer, this company's on it. They're going to take care of me. They're listening to your point. What are some other uh, key points of customer service? Just let's say in the sales process. Some key components of the sales process. Uh, so we've talked about a few of those points already. One is listen, right? Listen, jot some notes down. So that way when you're transferring the information or you're repeating things back, we don't want to have them repeat back to us. So if she calls, if, let's just say Mrs. Jones calls, she's telling you her name, her address, what the problem is. We're jotting it down. This is another pet peeve of mine. After I tell somebody, and I'm a fast talker, so and I understand that about myself. So sometimes i got to slow myself down. I don't want to talk too fast because I know they're not going to hear me. So I try to take that approach when I'm listening I'm jotting things down because you've got some real fast talkers out there. You also have some that are so slow. You're so frustrated because you're just trying to get through it because the phones are ringing, right? Um, but you got to treat each one differently. You listen, communicate it. The, the biggest thing that I absolutely hate is they're like, okay, what was your name again? Really? 
do I have to tell you that again? You know, or what was that address again? I don't want to hear that. I better not hear you asking the customer that through my phones, right, right? Right. So listening is the key. All right. So recognize, use their name, um, repeat back to them. If you don't understand something, repeat it back how you understood it with a questioning tone, just to make sure that you heard correctly. Um, follow through with promises. If you say, you know what, Mrs. Jones, our coordinator is on the other line. I'm going to have her call you back. Which number would you prefer me to have her call you at? She's going to get back with you in, in within 15 minutes. I want that call returned within five minutes if possible, but always follow through with a promise. Hey, you know, Mrs. Jones, I had to check on that equipment. I'm not sure if we have that right now, um, but let me give you a call back. Is there a number? Which number should I call you back at? Call them back as soon as you can. Don't leave them hanging because I'm one of those customers that will go away quietly. If you forget about me or if I assume you forgot about me, I'm calling somebody else. I'm not calling you back. And that's a terrible customer to be, but I don't want to deal with the frustrations. And there's a lot of people out there like that. You know, have you ever had somebody that we were quoting a compressor for or another unit and we didn't get back to them quick enough and they've already had the unit changed out? It's like, Oh, darn, that was a huge opportunity loss. So follow through with those promises. If we tell them we're going to call them back, do it as soon as we can. Um, the communication side of it, communicate effectively. Um, and when we're talking communication, it doesn't necessarily mean just for the client. It also means between uh, the employees as well, each sure. other, the coworkers. You know, so we want to deliver a high level of communication and customer service to our, uh, our internal team as well. And then showing empathy, you know, let's just let them realize that we do care. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people overlook and accidentally, because we just, we know how good we are, but we might not necessarily communicate the value. And if we don't show enough value in what we're doing through our customer service, what we're promising, our, you know, what we're actually our services that we're delivering, if there's no value, all that's left is price. And the price is always what? Too high. Too high. <laughs> so we've got to communicate that value and then build trust, build trust and rapport. The more rapport you build with somebody, they're becoming your friend. And if they trust you and you have that rapport built, you're going to deliver every time. All right. So some of the key points I heard, listening, communication, empathy, trust, value. I think those are great kind of uh, key items to, to focus on uh, when thinking about positive customer service habits. So that's, that is cool. Um, let me, let me just take this in a little bit of a different direction now. Um, I wanted to ask you, generally speaking, not necessarily in the HVAC industry, but in the world, do you think customer service is getting better or worse? That's a good question. Um, I used to think that it was getting better, but in the world today, <laughs> I'd have to say it's getting worse. Um, everything's become so automated nowadays. I mean, a lot of times when you're trying to call people, you know, I was trying to get support on uh, something on my computer the other day on a website that I have and you can't talk to a person. So I was like, is there a phone number I call? Cause I'm getting frustrated. I'm the type of person where I like to, 
be in a communication verbally or at least in the same room. They're like, nope, sorry, we got to do it all through chat. We don't have a phone number. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but that's not targeting me and my personality with the customer service that I can relate to, right? Yeah. So I've been really paying attention to customer service all over the board. And right now, you know, even some of the essential workers in the grocery stores and different things, they're just head down ding, 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 move on to the next person. And they're just trying to get through it. There's very little eye contact. There's hardly any communication anymore because you got to wear the mask everywhere. Nobody can understand each other. Um, and then there's a piece of glass between you, so you can't really even mm-hmm. feel like you're in the same room with them sometimes. So I think it is something that's, that's unfortunately becoming a casualty of what's happening in the world right now. And if we could turn that around on our end and just be that person, I always wanted to be that person that could make that that elderly lady that just lost her husband a month ago that's lonely. I wanted to make her feel good when I hung up the phone with her, right? We have so much opportunity because we can take care of people. And that would definitely let us stand out with everybody in the world right now because it's it's getting it's getting kind of sad. I don't, I don't even like to go anywhere anymore. And I will say, though, in the restaurant industry, I think, um, our waiters and our waitresses are doing a phenomenal job with customer service because they were so long without work and they were depending on it. So I think that's a little different in, you know, in that industry, but overall I'd say it's, it's becoming a casualty. Yeah. And it's, and certainly we're all facing some new challenges in trying to deliver customer service. Yeah. If you're at a grocery store cashier and you got a big plastic wall between you and the customer and there's a line of 10 people um, and nobody, it, it, it just is more challenging to, to strike up a relationship and have some empathy and, and get through that. And, and I think that's happened, um, you know, in every industry too, where now like uh, this meeting that you and I were, this podcast we're recording, there might've been a couple months ago, we might've done this in person and sat in the mm-hmm. same room. And we could have watched each other's body language and, and had a different connection. Now meetings are are virtual. Um, maybe you have a, a webcam on. Maybe you don't. Maybe the maybe the customer doesn't want to um, is not excited about letting you into their house. If you're a technician coming to their door, and so you're having to talk through the door or on the phone, some other method. So. Um, definitely some challenges that have have come up but I, I love your point that we can still stand out in that and it's not that hard <laughs> mm-hmm. that's true you know it's a, it's if it's a little bit of effort some consistency some training because i think you mentioned the grocery store and that's really just opened up a lot of things in my mind cuz um at my grocery store they often ask you when you're checking out they say did you find everything you're looking for today? And that question in, in, it it could be a great question. You know, if I said, no, I couldn't find this. And, and they said, okay, well, uh, I'd love to take your name down and, you know, we'll, we'll let you know when the product's back in stock, because that, that's what you did when, when you were talking to a customer, you weren't asking the customer to call you back. You said, uh, when when's a good time for me to call you back, and what's the great best number to do that? What happens in practice at the grocery store is 
a couple times I've taken them up on that question. I'm like, well, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find the A1 sauce I was looking for. And nothing is, it's just dropped. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, that didn't really help me. It didn't, you know, to me, that wasn't great customer services, just acknowledging you're out of something. Um, <laughs> yeah. So why ask, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, or, but maybe it was a, a training issue with the, at that grocery store where they just hadn't trained their people. They hadn't role played with them so that when they got that question, they could do something that was positive, you know, or maybe come up with a better question to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you talk about um, on that vein ways to have your team uh, be able to give some input on how to deliver customer service. Is that something you would do in your company where um, people, you know, the team could kind of get together and talk about, well, if we did this a little bit differently, I think we can get a better customer service or, or, or I found this out and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. So there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Um, sometimes in our, Uh, In this industry, we have people sitting rather close to each other. So we're always hearing what each other's saying. Um, One of the things that I used to encourage my team to do was, hey, you know what? I was listening to you talk to Mrs. Jones, and I really like what you told her an explanation of something. What was happening in that conversation? What was she saying for you to respond to her that way? Because I really like what you said. And then you communicate with each other. And I, when I go into businesses, I talk to dispatchers about that as well. You know, listen to each other and, you know, ask, hey, what was being said on the other end of that call? Because I was really interested in what you were telling her. I really liked the way you delivered that message. Um, and then I said, too, another thing that I used to drive home very heavily, especially with newer employees, you're going to have a question that you're not going to know the answer to. I don't want you to make something up. And, but I want you to feel not embarrassed that you don't know the answer, right? So we scripted it and we practiced it. You know what, Mrs. Jones, that is a great question, but I am not sure of the answer. Tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to get with the service technician, ask them about it, and I'm going to call you back within the hour. Is there, which phone number would you like me to call you back at? And in that way, in the discovery process, too, if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer, be humble. You know, just say, hey, you know what, I, I really don't know the answer. We're being honest. We're building trust. And I'm going to find out, though. So now we got to deliver on that promise. And even if you don't have an answer within that time frame that you promised, you're still calling her back to let her know that you don't have an answer yet, but you're still working on it. And we haven't forgotten about you. Um, but we role played that as well. You know, there's a lot of different things that will come up. And not everybody is capable to answer every question. So the thing is, is deliver what we promise find out what we got to do. Let's talk about it. If something new came up, we created scripts with everything. I had script books that I created dealing with objections, dealing with people calling in just wanting a price, price only. Well, we don't deliver a price without building value first. This is what we're going to say. And I had a script book with probably maybe 40 scripts in it, and we built it over time. So we would, during our meeting, We'd have a discussion about it. We would do staff meetings once a week as well as our company meetings. We had a company meeting once a week, staff meeting once a week, management meetings once or twice a week. So we had, my husband used to laugh at me because every time he'd call the office, I was in a meeting. He's like, you guys just live in meetings, right? And I was like, we do. We really do. I mean, it's just, there's no other way to, to 
deliver what we deliver without them. And uh, so we did a lot of input on that um, with each other. We talked about it. What are we struggling with? Um, towards the end of my tenure with the company, too, we were uh, starting to take advantage of the recordings on um, our leads that were coming in. And we listened to it as a team, like as like the sales team, we'd all sit together in a room. And the first time we did it, I kind of had to fuss at everybody because everybody just honed in on what the person did wrong. And I'm like, guys, this isn't a beat up session. This is a coaching session. This is a learning session. So this is what we're going to do. So I said, I'm going to start off with what I liked about that call. The call was great. You're positive. You're upbeat. You sounded phenomenal. And then I asked her a question. After you listened to it, what about that call would you change to get a different outcome? What about it that you didn't like? Then I let them develop their own. Well, I didn't like it when I said this. I shouldn't have said it that way. It sounded kind of weird or whatever the case. And I would let them tell me before I went in and said, this sounded terrible. You tell me, how do you think it went? There's always room for improvement in anything, right? So those recorded calls are very helpful when we're coaching customer service. Um, it's uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. It is uncomfortable to listen to yourself and to know that you're going to be critiqued. That's why you have to develop a process. You start off with something positive to say, hey, man, you delivered that, you know, greeting perfectly. You sounded so bubbly and upbeat and you were excited to, to just be answering the phone, right? You tell me, what did you not like about the call? What could you change? And I actually got a lot of response from my coordinator just by doing that. I built a lot of trust with her doing that. Yeah, I can I can see that because you're you're opening the door to that person of of letting them know, hey, you're a part of this. This is not a one way street of you have to do what I tell you to do. Um, I want you to be self-critical and, and figure out how you can improve. And I'm not going to I'm not going to beat you up if you don't aren't perfect. But I do expect that you're going to try to get better. Exactly. I think that's a, an awesome management philosophy, and uh, that is really a great way to, to bring, to build that culture up and let everybody feel that they're a part of it and they're not going to get uh, beat up if, if they do one thing wrong. Um, to me, a lot of a customer service comes to, it's the business becomes more fun if you can deliver great customer service because the customers are happier. They are excited to see you. Um, it's just not a slog. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's just have, have fun with what we're doing and, and, and be nice while we're doing it. And I think that can go a long way and, and apply these principles that you've been giving us here. I would, I want to make sure we don't miss out on one thing that I think is important to, to cover here uh, because I know not every customer is 100% um, happy all the time. How do you deal with upset customers and then kind of, you know, solving the customer service issue and getting it to a positive? So you are absolutely right, Matt. You're not going to make everybody 100% happy 100% of the time. It's just not going to happen. Um, there are some difficult ones out there, and there are some that, <clears throat> that we just totally messed up on. So what do we do? First, we got to 
let the customer vent, right? Let's figure out what's going on. What went wrong in the processes? Was it our fault? Was it not our fault? Were the expectations not met? Sometimes the expectations of our customers and our clients can be way above what we're actually selling or delivering. Um, so that's why we have to make sure we spell it all out, make sure all of our documents are clearly noted what they're receiving, all that good stuff. But you will have them. And, you know, one of the things that I did to diffuse somebody, if I had somebody call, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're just ranting and raving. You can't stop them. You got to let them vent. If you interrupt them in the middle of them ranting, it's going to inflate their anger even more. So the best thing I used to do, and it would deflate it really easy because they were not expecting this. Everybody's got their hands and their dukes up. They're ready to fight it out with you, right? So let them vent. You know what, Mrs. Jones? I have to thank you for calling me to tell me about this because if I don't know there's a problem, I can't fix it. And usually there's a good bit of silence after that because they just don't know quite know how to handle that. You know, <laughs> it's not what they were expecting. I, I love that. Um, and I got to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have, there was a, a great example of that recently. Um, uh -huh. They had some of the top uh, uh, leaders of tech companies that had to go to, to Washington and testify to, I think, the Senate recently. So people like uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon was one of them. And, you know, a lot of those sessions are about the politicians kind of grandstanding and, and just using it as an opportunity to do their own talking point. <laughs> and so I, I happened to just hear this part of from uh, the question that was asked of Jeff Bezos of Amazon. And it was a tough question. It was really challenging. And he did exactly what you said. He said, well, I wanted to thank you. That's a very thoughtful question, and I'm excited to answer that for you. And yeah. just, just what you said happened. There was silence. The politician was like, wait a minute. <laughs> He's supposed yeah, to get... expecting him to come out swinging. <laughs> exactly. And so he totally disarmed them from the get-go. Um, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I love that approach. I think that's an awesome tactic. Uh, keep going. Okay. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad you brought it up because that's a perfect example of it. You're absolutely right. And with things going the way it is, there's so much turmoil going on that people are not expecting to get a polite answer or even a thank you, right? Who thinks they're going to get a thank you for telling me that? Because that's just not what I'm expecting. Everybody's fighting. You know, everybody's got their dukes up. So diffuse it. The key thing with this is just don't take it personally because if you take it personally now you're emotionally involved right so there's an old saying um and I think Stephen Covey might be the person who brought this out in his books and different things but you're it's it talks about your thoughts driving your emotions thoughts drive your emotions your emotions drive your reaction your reaction drives the results so if I am defensive and I'm putting my dukes up and I'm, you know, oh, my guy would never do that or that we never promised you that or whatever the case may be. Now I'm fighting him and I'm getting angry. And now my reactions are getting more defensive and more angry. And now what's the result going to be? I'm not going to get a lead out of that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So diffuse it. Don't get emotionally involved in it. And, you know, when we're in the heat of the moment, and again, I am a very emotional person. I use, I, people's energy, I, 
feed off of other people's energy. So if there's a lot of high anxiety going, my anxiety is high. And I had to start recognizing that with building a better self for myself, right? And I still fight it. Even 20-something years later, I still fight it. But at least I recognize it and I kind of squelch it a little bit and say, all right, just focus on your breathing. Let's get through this and think about it before we react. Um, you know, and if, if we can't get to the bottom of something or get it solved right away, you know what, Mrs. Jones, we are going to take care of this. I promise you, let me get in touch with my install manager. I'm going to call you back in 10 minutes. We're going to jump on this right away. What number can I call you back? Try to move them past the problem, right? Too many times we focus on the actual problem and not the solution. So if I can get them past the problem by defusing it, this is what we're going to do, right? Move them past it. This is what we're going to do. Let's get it taken care of. And we're going to take care of you. I remember telling a client one time, actually, this I get a letter in the mail. For, we had our um, trucks leaks through Enterprise. And there was some kind of problem with one of our dealings, and we have been dealing with them for years. And their customer service delivery after the fact was phenomenal. So once we got down to the bottom of it, they realized they messed up. <clears throat> they fixed it. Well, a couple of days later, I get a letter in the mail readdressing it. Hey, you know, unfortunately in business, and this is basically what it said, you know, in business, there are times where we tend to underperform what our goals were, da, 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 you know, put a little fluff in there. But what we like for, we would hope that our outstanding relationship or our um, great relationship that we've had over the years will hold a little weight and you focus on how we handled the problem in the end versus the actual problem itself. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was just amazing, you know. And mm -hmm. I had a relationship with this person, and we'd been using them for years. And she hit the nail on the head, and all of a sudden, we started changing our process around that way, too. Let's, let's get past that problem. Let's not focus on the problem. Let's focus on the solution and say, hey, I'm really sorry the problem happened, but I'm hoping that you can focus on how we handled it. Yeah, well, I think that is uh... – the perfect approach, and uh, I need to work on that with my my son <laughs> because when he he uh, he gets into a problem, that's exactly what happens is he gets stuck on the problem, and and it's really challenging to move him over to the solution. You know what whatever it is. The other day he was trying to do you know his schooling has been online now, and so he was trying to do something on the computer for an assignment. And it wasn't working. There was some technical problem. It wasn't his fault. Um, but he, you know, so he had to come out. He had to tell me about it, tell my wife about it, uh, you know, scream about it, carry on about it. And, you know, it took us 10, 15 minutes to like, okay, well, let's try to talk about how we're going to fix it or let's just move on because that's a technical problem out of your control. So uh, I think that's such a great approach with, with challenging customers um, that you have there. And man, I feel like you've given us so much great information, Catherine. Um, and I just wanted to restate some of the, the important points that I've heard. And you can, you can add to this, you know, positive customer service habits. That's what we went into this podcast uh, wanting to talk about. So some of those are listening, great communication, 
whether it's with a customer or internally with your team, so we're living up to the, the promises and commitments we make. Empathy, how would I feel about this, uh, the customer service that I'm delivering? Trust building, value building, working with the team on a regular basis, whether through weekly meetings, role-playing, training, letting them be part of uh, the development of the company's customer service. Uh, wow, what, what a great list and, and incredible information you've given us. Um, anything to add to that list? No, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, you know, it, it, it's got to come from the heart. It's It's got to be culture. Um, you know, there is one more thing that I would like to add to that. When you said internal teams as well, I didn't really focus too much of my time in this podcast talking about a situation or something to how we handled it. So when we all work together as closely as we all do, and there's problems, there tends, we tend to get some bad feelings about each other. We get into arguments. Technicians and installers are hot. They're mad, you know, so they're reacting. And every now and then you have a little tiff going on between people. It might between be between a dispatcher and a service technician or, you know, hey, a service technician and installer. We talked about that. And we drove that. Remember how we talked about our mission, vision, and value statement? Mm -hmm. So, hey, guys, you know, our vision and our value statement talks about us as a company. And there's some tension going on between up here to here in this room. Let's read through that mission, vision, and value again. And let's see, you know, if we're not communicating properly and if we have something going on and we're doing things to sabotage each other because you're angry at each other, does that fit in with that mission, vision, and value statement? So there's so many different levels of customer service. You have your internal clients, your external clients, and keeping your team happy so nobody leaves you is probably one of the biggest challenges in our time because of the shortage of labor. We can't just go pluck a service technician or pluck an installer off the tree outside. So we have to make great culture and get past these things that usually drive people away to go work somewhere else. So you have to apply all of this to that internal team as well and just treat it each other like your customers. And that drives that point home a little bit more. I feel a bit more confident about that now. Absolutely. And yeah, that goes to building that culture of customer service in the company. Yeah, not just with the customers, but but internally because uh, if you have that one person that maybe is uh, is not delivering great in, internal customer service, usually they're not the ones to leave. It'll be two or three other people that are affected by it that never said anything, and and they walk out the door. Yeah, they've already got another job somewhere else. They haven't even talked to you about it. So when you see something going on, you talk about it. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's a, a great way for us to, to wrap up, Catherine. Thank you so much for uh, all the great information on customer service that you've provided. Uh, to our listeners, uh, if you want more great customer service strategies, uh, join Catherine at her uh, Customer Experience University that is uh, hosted on a regular basis. I know we're uh, taking that virtual for the first time. So uh, we're excited about that. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Uh, we appreciate it too. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to the Prime Resources podcast. 
and we will talk with you next time.